0: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere.
1: Tyrod Taylor, the Michael Thomas line, and Brandon Cooks. We're talking all that and more on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz? Welcome back to RotoViz Radio, brought to you by D- DoorDash, Sunday Ticket, Underdog, Bet Online, and the FFPC. I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at RotoViz, joined by the Editor in Chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matt Friedman. We're popping right into things here, Matt. I want to know do you have a must draft player this season? I think we already might know who it is.
0: Yes. Uh, it's not Logan Thomas, by the way. Okay. Um, my, I mean, okay. I have a, I have a couple if I can get James Conner in the third, uh, I'm really happy with that. If I can get Cam Akers, uh, he's someone I really want. Uh, if I can't get him, Ronald Jones will suffice, uh, at the running back. I mean, at the wide receiver position a little later on, I really want to get Michael Gallup. Uh, I really want Will Fuller. Later in the draft, I really want Marvin Jones. Uh, I really want Sean Jackson. I know I'm saying a lot of guys, but it's like a lot of my teams end up looking alike because I have these flag players. Uh, Earlier, Mike Williams was one of the guys I wanted, but because of the injuries, uh, I'm not as on him anymore. Uh, And then later, I really want uh, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, At tight end, if I can get uh, Noah Fant, outside of the top 12. uh, I am happy doing that.
1: Okay. My reaction to that is I'm happy to hear you say Gallup because, um, in that draft that I mentioned before that, uh, I did with Mike beers, we took a lot of flack, not only for the zero RB construction, but for the Michael Gallup pick in specific. So I just might be asking you about him later on in the show. Um, James Conner. More I'm not guy. surprised Sorry. that he said one, that one more. guy. Oh, yep. Yep. One more guy,
0: Marvin Jones. I, I want him. He's sort of like another version of Michael Gallup just on Detroit. Okay. Do you, do you want to go into that anymore? Or you, he's just, he's kind of like an arbitrage version of, uh, Kenny Galladay the same way that Gallup is sort of an arbitrage version of Amari Cooper.
1: Got it. Um, LaVisca Chenault, too, is one of those guys I'm grabbing in just about nearly every draft, especially with where you can get him. I just feel very good about uh, the prospects of him assimilating in quickly to that offense, playing with Minshew alongside Shark, and uh, being able to make just some explosive plays. So for me, the player that I consider almost a must draft in just about every draft that I do, and I don't think this is going to surprise people. It's Jarvis Landry. I end up with him in the seventh round of basically every draft that I've done in FFPC leagues, Uh, which brings us to this week's FFPC stat attack. And this is going to be something that I probably shared maybe 45 times collectively in different spots over the course of this offseason. But Jarvis Landry has never finished worse than the wide receiver 35 on a point per game basis in his career. That was his rookie season. He's played 16 games every season in total PPR since 2015. He's finished wide receiver 9, wide receiver 13, wide receiver 4, wide receiver 18, wide receiver 12 last year. Even if somebody thinks that Austin Hooper is going to come in, play a substantial role, perhaps he does, OBJ ends up besting. Jarvis Landry kind of pushes him back a little bit. This is still a player that you're getting in the seventh round. The type of game that he plays, I don't feel like is one that is going to get phased out entirely in this offense or substantially enough that Jarvis Landry looks like a different player this year. As a result, he's my go to guy in the seventh round of drafts in just about, and I'm doing a lot of leagues this year. So even though I'm saying he's a must draft player, if you're playing like 50 teams, you probably don't want to have a seventh round player on every one, but you understand where I'm going with this. As a reminder, the FFPC is home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and of course, the world famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, head to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And we've got a bunch of tools up at Rotoviz specifically designed to help you dominate your FFPC
0: drafts. I push back a little bit on Jarvis Landry. I
1: knew you were going to. I was already expecting this. So go ahead.
0: Okay. Okay. What are the odds that you think he has a career low number in targets? His career low from his rookie year was 112 targets. What do you think the odds are he he doesn't even hit that number? The odds
1: that he doesn't hit that number? I think I don't know. It actually maybe could be as high as 20. Okay, what do you think? It's are?
0: interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I I feel like I might need to go back and do some big adjusting on my Cleveland team projections, but um, just looking at the number of plays per game that we saw from the Freddie Kitchens offense last year and the Freddie Kitchens offense. Uh, in the final eight games of 2018, like, I think it's actually pretty similar on a, a per game basis to what we would see out of Kevin Stefanski. It's actually like really similar to the number of plays that he coordinated, uh, in Minnesota in 2019. And then in the final three games of 2018, when he was the interim coordinator. So I think we're going to see a similar number of plays and that's like not many plays per game. They don't either guy really played all that fast. The big difference is that Stefanski had a passing rate uh, or a pass play rate uh, of around like 51 to 52%. Whereas Freddie Kitchens had like a 59-ish percent pass play rate. So I think we're going to have a an offense that has like a similar pace, a similarly slow pace, but an offense that just focuses much more on the running game. And if that's the case, just... I think Landry's going to get squeezed.
1: That doesn't make me happy. Um, I will say this to you, though. My personal opinion here is that Landry, and through a variety of means, has has shown this to me. He's such a good player that I think even if things get scaled back, though I said there could be a 20% chance that he goes to a career low amount, I feel like... um, In the other 80% of scenarios... To me, it's less likely that he's not the first or second guy in targets there. So I get what you're saying. I still just feel very good about Taylor. If people want to run with you in your take there, I'm not going to push. I mean, Landry, if people want to run with you there, I'm not going to push back on it. But I think that we've seen him overcome concerns. There's concerns about Jarvis Landry every year for whatever reason he's overcome it. I know this one is a little bit different in that you're kind of coming from more of a scheme and a coaching standpoint, which I understand, but uh, I'm not going to be determined
0: heard. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Like I, I think I could easily be wrong on this, but, uh, if I'm wrong, it's going to have to be like in one of three ways. And it could be like a multitude of all these ways. Like one, either, uh, Cleveland plays much faster. Than they have previously, uh, they pass much more than Stefanski's Vikings did. Uh, and Landry gets just a larger market share than what I'm projecting, but uh, you know, like something has to change uh, out, like outside of the assumptions. Otherwise, like it's going to be a pretty bad season.
1: Okay. Um, real quick here, your feeling on Cleveland um, and it doesn't have to be from a fantasy perspective, but just Cleveland as a real life NFL team is Cleveland going to be bottom of the league, middle of the league, top of the league, middle, middle. Okay. All right. So you're not entirely uh, bearish on them, but obviously you're not that optimistic.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a very running back focused offense. So I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt end up, you know, coming out of it, looking pretty decent and all of the receivers suffer. Okay. All right.
1: Um, Let's move along though. Uh, Will any of the rookie wide receivers be more impactful than Cam Akers is this year? Yeah. No, Be- I, because, because Cam
0: Akers is going to smash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really, I, I, well, especially now that we know about the, the Rager news to me, the odds of any of these young wide receivers are being super impact because I like you, I think Cam Akers is going to have a pretty good year. I'm just not seeing
0: it for these other players. Um, but the one guy who actually, I think might have, uh, the best chance is Henry Ruggs. Because with the news of Tyrell Williams playing through, I think it's like a shoulder injury now. And like he's not going to have surgery, but he probably should have surgery. Um, I don't know. Like at that point, I think like Tyrell Williams is almost kind of done, which means like there's significant opportunity for more market, uh, more market share for Henry Ruggs. So, uh, and I think he does have like the speed profile to where like, if he has a couple of big games just because of blown coverage or something like that, that could end up inflating his overall numbers. So maybe rugs, but uh, I'm still going with Akers.
1: You don't think we see a super late breakout for uh, Nelson Aguilar and he's able to acquire that market share and just, just break out?
0: Uh, are you forgetting that he already did break out in his third season? I mean, wait, did he was, actually? Uh, a pretty fantastic, what was it, like uh eight hundred yards and eight touchdowns or something <laughs> like that?
1: Was it really? Hold on. I'm I'm looking this up now.
0: It was something pretty close to that.
1: I remember that it was a decent season, but I don't remember being being quite that stellar. So wait, that in his third season, which would have been 2017.
0: Uh I mean, I guess whenever that was. Yeah, oh I wow, mean,
1: yeah. 768, 8 receiving touchdowns. All right, fair enough, Matt. All right. Thank you. Um, Should I give you some applause?
0: Not necessarily. Yeah, press your little button. That's good. You haven't really broken out any of the uh, the goodies yet.
1: Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I think I did do the sad trombone effect a little bit ago. But anyway, um, where's the line in drafts for you where you flip from one of those round one
0: running backs to Michael Thomas? (sighs) I would say pick eight because I... I want to I want to try to anchor with a running back if I can. So obviously Christian McCaffrey is like the dream in terms of like anchoring your running backs. But obviously, you know, 11 people aren't going to get him in your league. So totally great with Saquon, great with Zeke, great with Alvin Kamara. At This point I go with Clyde Edwards-Alaire at number five. Then it's kind of a little bit of a toss-up between Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. Uh, and so those are first seven, then after that, I pivot to Michael Thomas. Why do you hate Dalvin cook? I I mean, I don't hate Dalvin cook, but, um, I, I, guess I got a, a quotation screwed up. Uh, I thought it was Dalvin cook saying it, but it was Adam Schefter saying it. Schefter, uh, I think talking to Matthew Barry on the, uh, fantasy marathon said something like, um, if Dalvin Cook does not have a contract um, by the time uh, the season starts, or does not have a contract extension by the time the season starts, I would think twice or something like that about drafting him in fantasy. Uh, and normally Schefter doesn't say stuff unless like he has, he has some sort of knowledge. And maybe it's not like that uh, Dalvin Cook is actually going to hold out, but it's like Dalvin Cook is going to take it easy. You know, like he's not going to play through an injury, you know, like he's not going to fight for some of the extra yards when he can run out of bounds, you know, stuff like that. That makes me just a little more nervous when it comes to Dalvin Cook. So I don't, I don't think I hate him. Uh, He was awesome last year. Um, I'm just a little more hesitant, especially because I think they do have other running backs who could approximate close enough what they get out of Dalvin Cook if they felt they needed to. Uh, just de-emphasize him within the offense a little bit less.
1: Well, there were certainly plays last year where Alexander Madison looked like almost a one-for-one fill-in for Delvin Cook. Not that I think Madison is as good, but it speaks to your point there. Um, So I can understand that. For me, I'm actually taking uh, Michael Thomas ahead of Derrick Henry and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I just feel a little bit better from a team-building perspective about what I'm getting there. And Derrick Henry... Um, well, I do think that he could overcome a little bit of a knock in efficiency, not only for himself for that whole team overall. Um, I think that there is more of a probability that he fails to live up to. And I might expect than Michael Thomas does. And then Edward to I get the whole back in Kansas city thing. We've talked about this a lot. I do view him as around one running back right now, but I'm just not quite as sold that he's as much of a lock as we'd all like to think. Um, yeah, can we can we talk a little bit about sure.
0: this? Like, yep. do you need to read an ad right now or something?
1: No, I don't. We can do this after.
0: Okay. So the thought for me between taking some of these other running backs ahead of Thomas is that I would rather have the combination of whether it's uh, Cook or Edwards-Alaire or Henry and then a wide receiver in the second round, let's say that's maybe like Tyree kill, maybe Julio Jones. I would rather have that combination than Michael Thomas versus, or like Michael Thomas in round one. And I don't know, like Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones in round two. Like, I just have much more faith in the running backs I can get in round one. And then thinking that the wide receivers available in round two are close enough to Michael Thomas where it makes sense for me to do that. Because I, I still think they're in like roughly the same tier as Michael Thomas, yep. whereas those running backs in round two, I don't think they come close to the tier of Cook, Henry, and Edwards-Alaire.
1: Okay, um, let me ask you this question. Which duo would you rather have? Michael Thomas and Austin Eckler? And I'm not, it, obviously this depends on what site you are on with the ADP, if sure. these are even you know realistic configurations, but let, let's just sure. kind of forget about that. Which start do you prefer? Um, Michael Thomas and Austin Eckler or Clyde Edwards,
0: Hilaire, and Chris Godwin? Thomas and Eckler, but yep. it, it has mainly to do with the fact that Eckler out of all of those running backs, going like running back eight to running back fourteen, is my favorite. <laughs> and Godwin is someone that I'm like relatively low on. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I really like Thomas Adams, Hill and Julio after that, there's a pretty big drop. Like I don't want really, I don't want Godwin. I don't want Galladay. I don't want Evans. I don't want Robinson. Amari is kind of like the next guy that I want, but I'm not going to take him in round two. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. So uh, I phrased that question exactly. or Like I set that question up just to get you to go that way. That's really all that was. (sighs) I I know. Yeah. All right. Uh, We are going to step away, though, here for a quick moment to hear from our sponsors. Oh, hey, look at that, Matt. We got to switch the sound bank here quickly. I apologize to everybody at home. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving Right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayticket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE.
2: At Rotoviz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog fantasy best ball mania, $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device, and you're going to make a deposit. You're going to use code Rotoviz when you make that deposit. Then you're going to go refer five friends, and Underdog and Rotoviz will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania Tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two-for-one. You sign up. You put in 25 bucks. you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIS, you get a free entry. No-brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory. Two hundred grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win twenty dollars in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name. You see the ownership. You see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIS and chase that glory. So I think that um,
1: when you and I had talked about this player a while back, you weren't as high on him as I was,
0: and that was Tyrod Taylor. Have you changed that stance at all? Um, Maybe. I don't remember being low on Tyrod Taylor well uh, okay I, actually, I think
1: I think you were concerned that Justin Herbert was gonna was gonna come in and we wouldn't get enough games out of Taylor
0: maybe maybe, maybe I'm okay. misremembering maybe, maybe that was the case I don't know I've I don't know like my memory is, of this is that I've actually been thinking for a while that Tyrod Taylor is going to like start the season and play a majority of the season because as long as he uh is playing well enough and as long as that defense can help them keep in keep them in games and they can win some games, uh, I think he's going to be out there. Uh and he has, you know, knowledge of the offense, which gives him a big leg up. Uh I like him a lot. Uh especially in QB two leagues. Um, you know, like in QB one leagues, I I don't think that you really need to go that deep. But uh even in, you know, one quarterback leagues, I think he has the possibility of being a high-end QB2 streamer you know like or someone who you basically get and you plug him in and he does pretty well not in the top 12 but not all that far outside of it which in QB2 leagues is like immense value so I I like him a lot in in QB2 leagues I think if you can get Cam Newton and then Tyrod Taylor like you've basically done late round quarterback for two QB and that ended up being immensely uh, immensely valuable
1: Okay. So actually I think we're basically on the same page right there. Uh, all right, we can move along then. Um, can you break down for us why you are fairly high on Brandon cooks compared to what other people
0: might think? Um, I mean, I don't know if I'm super high relative to the consensus, but I mean, the upside I think is unquestioned in that if Will Fuller suffers an injury or Randall Cobb or Kenny Stills, uh, and like, None of those guys is especially durable. Um, Then Brandon cooks would seem to have a path to all the more playing time. I know there are concerns about his injury history, um, but even, you know, even with the concussions and concussions are, you know, like hard to predict, but even with the concussions he's played, uh, I mean, how many games has he played? He's missed only two games in the last five years. No, that's like, that's nothing. Um, and it just so happened that it came last year and last year was also the year when things just went kind of off the rails for the Rams. So he wasn't his normal productive self, but, uh, even if you count last year into like his overall statistics for the past half decade, he's averaged over a thousand yards per year from scrimmage. Um, you know, and if you don't look at last year, you're looking at a guy who had 1100 1200 yards uh the four years before that. Like there's significant opportunity here and I think he can do a lot of the things that Will Fuller does well in terms of like running deep and catching passes, but he might also be a better receiver in the intermediate area. Um non-zero chance that he actually ends up becoming the number 1 receiver uh for this team and like Will Fuller keeps his, you know, like supplementary downfield role, but that cooks actually like ends up seizing like a lot of the DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, workload.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that stands up to me when I think about cooks is, uh if you look at Tom Brady's stats some of the things that you could look at you know specifically like depth of target were a lot better when Brandon Cooks was there um and there's certain things that have definitely dipped in absence of Cooks uh you know it's interesting because even in my mind like I do have these concerns about his health but like you said it's not sure that those are actually like well founded um He has had concussion problems though, right? So I think that's something you worry about in the back of your mind. But yeah, I mean, the other thing is if you look at just his overall PPR rank, which I think has some utility, 2015, wide receiver 14, 2016, wide receiver 10, 2017, wide receiver 15, 2018, wide receiver 13. Then he was 62 last season. If you do believe that last season isn't representative of the type of player that Cooks is, then you are looking at a player that, uh, perhaps could really exceed expectations. I'm not quite as bullish on Brandon cooks as I would have been going back three years, four years. Um, and he's definitely not a player that I would overdraft, but I think that you make a pretty compelling case for him. Um, let's get a quick answer on this one here, Matt, because what I really want to talk to you about is, is the next question. But uh, when the season starts, how quickly into it can I drop rookies in dynasty?
0: Um, I don't know, man. Like I don't think you can. (laughs) Like or I guess you can, but it has to be like rookies who don't really mean anything anyway. Uh in Dynasty, I'm trying to churn over the roster uh to get as many rookies or as many uh you know, like dropped second year players as possible so that I have as many guys on their first contract as possible, uh in like the bottom half of my of my roster.
1: Yeah, so for you, is it if you have what might look like a throwaway rookie or a throwaway veteran, you're throwing away that throwaway veteran and holding that rookie.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: Um, which I, I think is a strategy be, that probably makes sense.
0: Who would be a throwaway rookie this year? Like I can't Okay, so mm-hmm. I see Albert the thing okay, is like, I actually Albert Albert end up okay, normally
1: trading so. out all of my rookie picks that aren't like the first or the second round. So I can't I don't really have examples from my team.
0: Okay. Albert Okawebunam. he's
2: oh.
0: he's a clear guy yeah who like who fits this um I would do my darndest not to trade him the same was uh, okay so I think this applies maybe best to rookie tight ends who are depth yep right now but who look like they could potentially develop um you don't want to be holding on to rookie tight ends. Like I think you just should never put them on your roster to begin with, or don't draft them because you just have to count on needing two to three years for those guys to develop. Um. Oh, so I don't know. Like if you drafted Albert O. like in the bottom of the third round, or you know some some point in the fourth round, I think you drop him only if you actually like identify someone who could be a difference maker on your team. Like who, who gives you a decent chance or uh, an improved chance of winning a championship right now. Otherwise I think you continue to hold the young guys.
1: Yeah. And maybe the, the only difference there is if it's another rookie that you're going to add them for so that you are getting that long-term depth. That's
0: fair. That's fair. Yep.
1: Okay. Um, this is what I really wanted to talk to you about though in this episode, which is the first question is, what needs to happen for all three Dallas wide receivers to be successful? Kind of an open-ended answer, but I'm more just curious about how likely you think that that could happen. And let's just say for them to be successful, we have maybe like Amari finishing as a wide receiver one or Gallup, one of those two finishing as a wide receiver two, and then CeeDee Lamb sneaking his way into, like as a weekly place, somebody that you could flex. What needs to happen for that? And then let's talk about... um some of the receivers that you'd be drafting Michael Gallup ahead of. And then if you want to touch upon Amari Cooper, why you're so excited about
0: him loaded question. Okay. So let me give uh, just some details about what I'm projecting for Dallas Um, because they have continuity with Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. I think their offensive system is going to look this year fairly similar to uh, what it looked like last year. Uh, Although I should say that uh, with 4,900 yards passing uh, and only, like I say, only 30 touchdowns, uh, I feel like there should have been more touchdowns relative to the number of yards that Dak had. So uh, you add in Mike McCarthy, that mix and it's hard to know kind of like how much of an impact he's going to have on the overall offense. But the years in which he had uh, a healthy Aaron Rodgers for you know pretty much all of the season, uh, 2016, 2014, 2012, 2011, like those were great years for the Packers, uh, and so I'm kind of thinking that the Cowboys have something like uh, a combination of the Kellen Moore offense and the Mike McCarthy offense. So I think we end up seeing. You know something like forty-five hundred-ish yards out of Dak Prescott, which uh, is aggressive. Um, but you know whatever. Like I'm just I'm going to be aggressive. Like I'm still regressing back from what he did last year. Um, but acknowledging that he's a good player. I think Kellen Moore is an up-and-coming offensive coordinator, and Mike McCarthy uh, has at least overseen offenses in the past uh, that have done really well. Uh, and so. A a healthy number of yards immediately, I think, will be available for the receivers. Uh, And then I have 32 passing touchdowns for the Cowboys, which uh, is also on the higher side. Um, But again, like I think that's easily within the realm of outcomes uh, based on what uh, we saw last year out of the Cowboys. And then, you know, you think what Aaron Rodgers was able to do for years in Green Bay. Uh, and maybe you just think, okay, Rogers is a totally different quarterback than Dak Prescott, and you can't compare the two. Uh, if that's the stance that you have, that's fine. But, uh, you know, Rogers uh, for years has gotten a lot of his value by throwing touchdowns, not so much by accumulating tons of yards. So that said, I think there's a pretty healthy number already of yards and touchdowns available for the receivers. Uh, I think Amari Cooper basically has to do something fairly similar to what he's done. And let me uh, pull up the road of his screener and, uh, and put him in there. Uh, and so Amari Cooper uh, last year had a 21% target share in Dallas. The year before that it was split between Oakland and Dallas, but he had a 21% target share on a per game basis. Uh, I've bumped that up a little bit because Randall Cobb is gone. Um, and, you know, some of those targets I think have to go somewhere. The same with Jason Witten. And I'm not going to assume that all of Cobb's targets and all of Witten's targets just go to CeeDee Lamb and Blake Jarwin. So I'm giving Amari Cooper a little bit of a bump. Uh, and then Michael Gallup, uh, who was I think really underappreciated last year. Um you know, he was a very good version of like Amari Cooper, basically, except just more of a perimeter receiver. Uh, he had a 22% target share last year uh, on a per game basis. I'm bumping that up just a little bit again, because I think he gets probably some of the targets that uh, Cobb and um, uh, Jason Witten had last year. Uh, but CD lamb, I'm still giving 18% of the targets uh, on a per game basis. So, I have Cooper, uh, and this is like probably, I don't know, this is probably too aggressive, but, uh, I have Cooper as a wide receiver one, like a, a high end wide receiver one. I, I don't want to say exactly where I have him, but it's, it's embarrassingly high. Um, I have Michael Gallup as a wide receiver two. Uh, and then I have CD as a low end wide receiver three. Like I already have them projected there.
1: Okay. Wow. So that is really interesting because it really does not assume that too much really needs to happen. And I think that with some of the things you outlined. Um, yeah, you're optimistic on the team, but I don't think that you're um, placing anything into your projections. That's outlandish by any means. Um, you know, we've talked about it too. I'm pretty, um, pretty optimistic too, for this team. I think they're going to re- really come out and be one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, that does make me feel a little bit better about that Gallup pick. Are there any odds that Gallup finishes ahead of Amari in fantasy points outside of, um, you know, an injury
0: could happen. Um, we took a bet on it on the action network pod. I don't remember exactly what the odds were that the odds maker put on it, but, um, I think Cooper has probably like a 65% chance, of uh outscoring Gallup, maybe something like that i mean Gallup. it it needs to be remembered he's incredibly talented like mm-hmm. on a uh a per game basis last year he was right there with amari cooper um now I, I you know you can't just totally like extrapolate that out but i think Gallup is going to have almost as many targets this year as amari cooper
1: so the odds that CD Lamb outscores Michael Gallup are very low.
0: I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Uh in part just because I have a lot of respect for Gallup and uh I'm not going to say that like I think CD Lamb was like overrated or anything like that entering the league, but um you know, he's he's a rookie and uh it's a weird off season so there might be a little more hiccups with his transition and um I'm not like not as certain that he's going to be able to bring like his like big boy bully ball style to the NFL right away because he's uh, not even 200 pounds. So uh, it might be a little bit harder for him to dominate outside cornerbacks uh, relative to what he did in college. But uh, I still think eventually he will have success. Well,
1: I think now... We only are going to have, this is going to drop on Friday after people listen to this. There's only going to be one more week of this podcast before we're in the regular season. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, it uh, it totally is. All right. So <laughs> the season is approaching, which means that if you have not, you need to go to Rotovis and take advantage of the 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription that is available to Rotovis radio listeners. At checkout for that one year subscription, apply the discount code 2020RV Radio. Go to photovis.com forward slash podcast. For more information, definitely check out the site. Sean Siegel has published parts one and two of his Zero Running Back Watch List. Part one is going to be coming out this week. The whole team has been putting up all kinds of cool stuff. So, you know, check out the articles, check out the tools, and we look forward to talking to you next week. That does it for this episode. You can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dave and at Matt F. the Oracle. Thank you to DoorDash Sunday ticket underdog bet online in the FFPC for sponsoring the show, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, remember it's not a fantasy if you believe it. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online sports book experts.